you have a personal advocate. That listing agent is working for you. They're advocating for you getting the most money, selling your home as quickly as possible with the least amount of trouble on your part. Are you feeling uncertain about selling your home? Do you wonder what needs to be done to get it sold, what you could sell it for, and how to get an acceptable offer? If that's the case, then Get Me Ready to Sell is the podcast just for you. Your host, Jeff Jones, is a realtor, coach, and entrepreneur, and he can help you gain the confidence you deserve to successfully sell your home. Here's Jeff. On the podcast today, we're going to be talking about the three benefits of working with a listing agent. We're going to talk about those benefits. We're talking about how to find a listing agent, and we're going to talk about how much does a listing agent cost you. Let's dive right in to the three benefits of working with a listing agent. The first benefit is that you have a personal advocate. That listing agent is working for you. They're advocating for you getting the most money, selling your home as quickly as possible with the least amount of trouble on your part. So a personal advocate is somebody who's advocating for your best interest. A listing agent who is really looking out for you is not making their paycheck a priority. This is our livelihood. It's how I pay my bills is by helping people sell homes or buy homes and getting a professional services fee from my work. Just like you would pay a professional services fee to a doctor for the work that they do or to a landscaper for the mulch that they put out. There's all kinds of things that you're paying for that service or that product and that's what a listing agent does they provide a service for you to get your home sold and it is a paycheck but hopefully you were working with a listing agent or find one who is not just looking for a paycheck yes they're going to get paid but their priority is serving you and making sure that you're taken care of and getting your home sold to move on with whatever dreams or plans that you have this listing agent as your personal advocate also represents you they're looking out for your best interest they're going to handle any issues that come up in the process of getting your home on the market and sold and getting you to where you're going next. In a future episode, we're going to be talking about the difference between a real estate agent and a realtor. Every realtor is a real estate agent, but not every real estate agent is a realtor. We'll talk about those differences and some benefits that you have by a person who's chosen to be a realtor and the code of ethics that they align themselves with. But that's for another topic in the future. So this personal advocate is advocating for your best interest. A listing agent as your personal advocate is also going to be helping set expectations. Your expectations and their expectations, the listing agents in this whole process, are going to explain the whole process to you about getting your home prepared, getting it priced, promoting it, what's going to happen when it's on the market, when you get an offer. Hey, and by the way, our next episode, we're going to be talking about getting an offer accepted and beyond. Make sure you tune in for the next episode to find out when you had it on the market, somebody wants to buy the house, they make an offer, then what? We'll talk about that next episode. But that agent, as your personal advocate, is going to explain to you that process and they're going to establish a communication plan. Real estate agents are notoriously known for being bad at communicating. Part of that is, I know when I am not on my game with communication, it's because I don't really have anything to say. If it's a house that's been on the market for a while, nobody has seen it in the past week, you as the seller know nobody has seen it in the past week. I'm 
trying to do a better job of making sure, and you need a listing agent who does that, of telling you how many people have seen this listing online, how many people have inquired about it, conversations that you've had. So there should be a reason that I'm communicating with my sellers every single week, and I'm putting steps in place to make that happen. You need a real estate agent who's going to have a communication plan because that's the biggest mark against real estate agents is, well, my agent never tells me anything. I never hear from my agent, either buyers or sellers. So hopefully you're going to have a real estate agent or one that's moving in that direction to establish that communication plan so that you are informed all, all along the way of what's happening with getting your home sold. Another aspect of having this personal advocate from a listing agent for you is that they help you navigate the paperwork quickly and efficiently. A listing agent needs to be able to provide assistance in completing whatever paperwork is necessary for you, explaining all that stuff to you so that you're aware of all of the paperwork that goes into it, the listing agreement, the offer to purchase, the inspection process, the appraisal, buyer who's pre-approved, all that stuff that's involved. You have that real estate agent, that listing agent who understands that and they know the rules. We've been through training. We have to have so many hours of training to get a license. We have to have hours of training in different states. It's different things. In the two states that I'm licensed in, I have to have so many hours of training every two years just to keep my license. Now, I'm in a lot of training because I like to learn. So I'm always well over what's needed for that. And I don't go to get that training just so I can check box that I've got my continuing education and I can keep my license. I want to be better prepared and better equipped to serve you and to serve other sellers and buyers in getting their home sold or getting their homes purchased. So I take advantage of all the training I can if I'm available during that time that it's offered. That agent as your personal advocate is going to be navigating this process for you. They're also going to be negotiating on your behalf. Having a listing agent means that you're not sitting down at a table with a buyer and going back and forth to figure that out. The listing agent's going to come to you and say, okay, here's this offer. Here's how we can respond. What would you like to do? And if you want to make a change to it, make a counter offer, that listing agent is going to go back to that buyer's agent or that buyer and say, okay, here's what the seller's willing to do. A listing agent does that on your behalf so that you don't have to do those things. That listing agent is also part of that negotiating the deal is they're going to coordinate all the details. Buyer's probably going to want an inspection. A lender for that buyer's probably going to want an appraisal. Your listing agent handles getting all that stuff scheduled for you, whether you live in the house or you've already moved out and it's vacant. They're going to handle that for you. And one other aspect of having this personal advocate is the network. Agents have a network of real estate professionals who can help close that sale quickly and they can communicate to those. So they utilize those other agents to help bring in buyers to get those homes sold. And hopefully that listing agent also has a network of buyers who are looking for homes and maybe, just maybe, your home fits that. So having a listing agent work for you and one of those benefits is they're your personal advocate in helping you get your home sold. Another aspect or another benefit of a personal listing agent working for you is what I want to call a marketing agency. <laughs> Most of our job as listing agents is as a marketing agency. Yes, we help you as a personal advocate get your home sold, get your home prepared to sell, get it priced, and the promotion part. And the promotion part is a big deal of what we do. When I talk with brand new agents or people thinking about getting into real estate who say, yeah, I've, people tell me I've always been good with sales. I think I would make a good real estate agent. Or they would say, you would make a good real estate agent. And I caution them right on the front end because we're not about sales. Yes, we are, but our job is not a salesperson. If I'm a car salesperson, 
am I actually marketing the dealership or those cars? No, the dealership is marketing those things. Yet if I'm a real estate agent and I have your home that I've listed, my job is to market your home. I have to be a marketing agency or have one at my fingertips to help do that. Now, I started off my career in college looking at advertising and marketing. I ended up getting a business degree, but I looked into it and I had some advertising and marketing classes. One of the elements that I remember from my marketing classes are what's called the four P's of marketing. And they've since been expanded. There's six P's of marketing, seven P's of marketing. And I kind of want to quickly work through that right now. And you may be thinking, what does that have to do with selling a home? Well, think about it like this. If I am Domino's Pizza, I want to sell pizzas. That's what I do. I have to determine what that product is. I have to determine what that price is. So how much am I going to sell them for? I have to determine that place. Where are they going to be able to buy my product that I have for sale, my pizzas? Then I have to promote that. That's part of the four P's of promoting that, making sure that advertising is out there and people see it. The fifth element for some that have expanded on the four P's to six P's is the people. Who are the people that are involved in getting this product to market and getting it sold? Who's making it? Who's developing it? Who is advertising it? Who is delivering it? All those different people who are involved and on both sides. Who is ordering it on behalf of the buyer? All that different stuff. And then presentation. How does it look in the marketplace? Now, it's easy for us to talk about those things in terms of a product or a service, but you're selling your home. We've talked about in a previous episode that your home is unique. A home can be built identically like yours, just the exact same, everything inside and outside, but just a hundred yards away from where your home is located. And it's another unique property. It's not sitting exactly on the same land that yours is sitting on. It's unique. You have one product that you're selling, one, and that's your home. So let's apply these four P's to selling your home. The first P was product. What is the product? It's your property. It's your home that you're selling. And that product has to be ready for market. Unless you're like Papa Murphy's that sells pizzas that you can take home and cook, it's not completely finished, but it's put together. It's been prepared. I know that there are some schools, for instance, we've bought some of these before. They'll sell you some of the ingredients, the cheese and the marinara sauce and the dough that you stick in the freezer to take home and make your own pizza. You can do that. That's like building your own home. But if I were to go to Domino's or order a Domino's, I get an already prepared pizza that's hot and delivered to my doorstep or to my car, or I can pick it up in the store. But that's my product. Your product is your home. How well is it prepared to be on the market? That's your home. You've got to get it prepared so that it is ready to be on the market. And the second element, the second P in the marketing is the price. What price has it been established for? You as the seller have to determine what you're willing to sell it for. And an effective pricing strategy ensures that the customers are willing to pay that to buy that property, thus generating a sale and getting you to move on to live where you really want to live instead of being stuck where you are. So pricing it, it's not just a matter of what you want, but it's what is somebody willing to pay for. And we talked about that in episode four. And I should have said, we talked about getting your product prepared, getting your home prepared. Episode three, go back and listen to those or watch those. If you're listening to a podcast, you'd rather watch it. There is a YouTube channel where you can watch this. Just go to YouTube and search for the at Get Me Ready to Sell, and you'll be able to find our video version of this same podcast. But once you've had the product ready, you got to set a price for it. And then the place. Where's the place where customers can buy it? Well, that's obviously where it's located. They're going to be able to buy it there. And we'll talk about it in promotion about some of those other places, but it's actually a brick and mortar store. If you're leveraging the technology, 
easy. They could also buy it online. More than likely, they're going to take a look at it or have an agent take a look at it. But I do know people who are relocating to an area, can't get to that area, will buy a home. I say sight unseen, actually not being on site, but will buy it based on what they see online. And if you've never ordered a Domino's pizza before, and I don't know why I picked that. I like Domino's, but they're not my go-to pizza. But they're still a good pizza, and I'll eat it if it's there. But anyway, so not putting down Domino's. They've got a great pizza and a great product. However, there are people who will order a Domino's pizza who may have never had Domino's before, and they do that based on what they've seen online. So they get on their phones, or they get on their computer, or they get on their iPad or other mobile technical device, and they'll order it there from the website. They'll order it from an app. So there are other places that people can purchase your home from, buyers that are looking. But we got to know where that place is and how are you doing that. And then fourth P is promotion. We talked about that in episode five of promoting your home, marketing your home. And the promotion includes all the tactics used to communicate this product's value. We've talked about pictures, video, virtual tours, open houses, all the different ways that we can promote that. The story that you tell in your marketing. When you see advertising on television, whether they're selling a beer or a car or a vacation, they're selling you the benefits, the experience you're going to get from using that product. And selling your home, we need to tell a story. We need to promote your home, not just the features of the home, three bedrooms, two baths, 1,800 square feet on a corner lot, you know, just those features. But what are the benefits. What will somebody actually gain from buying your home? If it's a beer or a car, you're going to have what the advertisements show, good looking women wanting to hang around you or a hunk of men wanting to hang around you that look all massive and muscular and, you know, glistening bodies, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you get the idea in marketing, they're selling you the benefit, the experience you're going to get from drinking that beer, going on that vacation, taking that cruise, buying that car. They're telling you the benefit. They're telling you a story of what your life could be like if you have what we're offering. Let's tell that story when we're promoting your home of what they can have if they have what you're offering and you only have one to sell. Just one. Hey, thanks for listening so far. I just want to make sure that you know about readytosellscore.com. On that website, you'll choose some statements that best describe how ready you are to sell your home. Then you'll get a customized list of items of things that you need to do to actually get ready to sell your home. I look forward to being able to help you any way I can. Now, back to the show. There's no other one like it anywhere in the world. You just have that one, and you have to promote that, and you want to get them to learn all about it, get their interest, and eventually buy that. The fifth P that's been added, I've already mentioned, is people. These are the individuals involved in the marketing process on both sides of the exchange. That's going to be any of the affiliates that I work with, my photographers, the people who do the drone, the people who edit videos, that create the ads, that manage the social media, whether that's me or I have a team of people doing it. Some agents do it themselves and some have a team of people doing that. Depends on what they're good at. I love the marketing aspect of it. I think I do a pretty good job with copy, with getting that stuff out there, with what an eye of a buyer is looking for. And that's just one of the things I love to do. So I'm really hands-on, deeply involved in that process. I used to be involved in taking the pictures, doing the 3D images. I've outsourced that now because I have a professional who can do all that plus do 
drone footage and I'm not interested in getting my drone operator's license to be able to do my own drone footage. So I have a professional do that. I still will make a video. I'll edit the video and I have an assistant who helps me edit those things and dress it up and make it look nice. I'm pretty hands-on in that marketing, but there are people involved in that. And another aspect of that, if we're talking about people, we got to think about who are the people that the buyer has. Who is their agent? Who is talking into their ear? If it's a dad or an uncle or a family member or a family friend, maybe they have a real estate agent that can't work in your market because they live in another state, but they grew up together. So they're talking to this real estate agent that's two or three states away. So they're getting feedback and input from them on, is this a good thing? And from a 50,000 foot view, that person can offer them advice. But who are the people on the buyer side that we have to attract and market to and to get them to see the product and get them to understand the price and be willing to bring their buyer in to make an offer? Who are the inspectors are going to use? What about that appraiser? Who's their lender? Do we know if that lender has a good reputation for being able to close deals? Or does that lender generally find a problem with making the loan so the buyer's not going to be able to close the deal? And who are they closing with? Is it going to be somebody who really knows what they're doing? Or is it going to be somebody who, again, slows down that process, makes it difficult to get closed, which lets you get your money? But who are the people involved? And then finally, the sixth P in our marketing agency that we have inside this real estate business that I have is the presentation. And the presentation is how the product appears in the market, on video, in print, in text, in reels on social media, in the MLS, that's the multi-listing service that's sent out to all the sites, Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, all the places that buyers are looking, it's syndicated to all those places. How does it look? And as a real estate agent, as the listing agent, I have to be that marketer that makes sure that that presentation is done in such a way that a buyer is going to see it and going to want the product. They're going to want your home and they're going to bring an offer. Benefits so far, you have a personal advocate and you have a marketing agency. And then the third benefit is legal access. I'm a licensed real estate agent. I am not a lawyer. I've never been to law school. I've never taken any law classes other than some business law, but I can't offer you legal advice. I can fill in blanks on a form, which is a listing agreement or a contract to purchase a property. I can fill in those blanks on a form that some lawyer somewhere has developed that the courts will accept if there's a problem down the road of getting your home sold. I can fill in those blanks. I can't offer you legal advice. I can't practice as an attorney. If I do those things or if any real estate agent does those things as your real estate agent, they could lose their real estate license. I do know some real estate agents who are also attorneys, but when they're representing you to sell your home, they're not representing you as the attorney because the attorney didn't sign the document to list your home. The real estate agent side of them did. They can't offer you legal advice unless you've retained them. You know, there may be a way of doing that for them to be your lawyer, but as your real estate agent, as your listing agent, they can't offer you legal advice. But I give you legal access. If you're selling your home on your own, chances are you don't have a long-term relationship with a real estate attorney who can close the deal and answer real estate questions. So if you're selling your home on your own and you look through, search the internet, get referrals, and you find a licensed real estate attorney who will help you close the deal to get your home sold, you're one of how many people are they working for? I don't know. How many deals are you going to do with them? One, maybe two or three in your lifetime if you buy or sell in that same market and they're there. As a real estate agent, I've closed multiple deals a year with the same licensed real estate attorney, closing agency, and the attorneys that they have. So do you think if I make a phone call with 
them in my phone. If I make a phone call or send a text asking a question, do you think I'm going to get a faster response than you? You may get a quick response, but I would say that more than likely, I'm going to get a faster response than you're going to get because I do more business with them. I have a longer term relationship with them that we're seeing each other on a regular basis. You don't have that if you're just having them come to it one time. It's like a roofer. How many times you put a roof on? Hopefully just once, maybe twice if you live in the house more than 30 years or if there's significant wind or hail damage. But chances are you're not talking to that roofer on a regular basis. Same thing with a real estate attorney if you're handling the sale of the home on your own. So we've already talked about this. The benefits of working with a listing agent, a personal advocate who's working for your benefit to get your home sold for as much as possible, as quickly as possible so that you can get on to where you want to live next. Marketing agency. If you don't have a real estate agent who is doing this for you, then you've got to bring in marketers. You've got to bring in those people. Find the photographer, find the videographer that can do those things for you to be able to market your home and figure that out and hopefully you've done the right thing. And then legal access. You can get that on your own. You might be able to get a little more quickly working with a listing agent. So quickly, we're going to wrap up. Let's talk about finding a listing agent. How do you find a listing agent? You ask for referral. Ask your friends. Who did they use to get their home sold? If you're affiliated in any business networks or any community, chambers of commerce, those type things, economic councils, chances are somebody in one of those roles is a real estate agent. Somebody you have a relationship with. Research online. Look at who pops up in searches when you're looking online. Who do you see, you know, drive around your neighborhood? Who do you see lots of signs for in yards in your neighborhood? If there are lots of signs, that means they may be selling a lot of homes or maybe if there are a lot of signs, they're not doing such a good job marketing because those homes haven't sold. I don't know, but there are different ways that you can find those agents and then you want to interview a potential agents. If you trust your friends, start with who they've used in the past. You need to evaluate that agent's experience and I'll tell you that just because they've been a real estate agent for a long time doesn't necessarily mean they're better at it. Some of those agents who have been agents for a long time really are dialed into the market and are wonderful at helping you get your home sold. Some of them, because they've been around so long, they either don't need to do a lot of deals or they already do a lot of deals. So they're not going to be as diligent at helping you get your home sold. A new agent, a year or two in the business that hasn't sold a lot of homes, you might think, I don't think they're going to do a good job. Well, those newer agents tend to be more aware of the newer tools to help get your home sold. And if they're working at a good real estate brokerage, they've got a mentor in their back pocket, a real estate agent who has been around for a while that's mentoring them, helping them navigate all that. Don't be afraid of a long-term agent. Don't be afraid of a brand new agent. Talk to them. They may be a go-getter to see how they're going. Be careful. I would say be careful with those agents who will tell you they'll cut a deal. They'll cut their commission, their professional services fees. They'll cut those things to be able to get your business. Before I became a real estate agent, I actually had folks that asked me, you know, if they could sell my home and that they would do it at a discount. They might provide all the bells and whistles and all the services, but then they also may cut back on those. So I get that. Being a real estate agent myself, I understand the reason, the need for wanting to be able to make as much money as you can, save as much as you can by having it sold as inexpensively as possible. And then their communication skills. I mentioned earlier up front, that's one of those things I know I can grow in and I'm putting systems in place to where I do grow in that process of making sure I'm staying in regular contact with my clients on how the process is going of getting your home sold. We talked about the benefits, talking about finding an agent, and I mentioned the cost of working with a listing agent. 
agent. Yes, it's going to cost you to work with a listing agent, but let's talk about that for just a moment. According to the National Association of Realtors, they do a survey every year, and the 2022 survey results that was published in 2022 when they surveyed buyers and sellers, let me talk about buyers for just a moment. They said that 86% of buyers worked with a real estate agent. Now, 86% worked with an agent, meaning you're selling your home, and if you decide to try to sell your home for sale by owner, FISBO is what we call it in the market. If you're doing it FISBO, you need to realize that 86% of those buyers are working with a real estate agent, meaning they're going to bring a person who is their personal advocate, who is doing the reverse marketing, trying to find that home for them, giving them legal access as well all along the way. They're working on their behalf. 86% of them are going to have a real estate agent working for them. And they're going to have to pay that real estate agent their professional services fee to help them find that home. It's an agreement that they've made with that agent. The way our industry generally works is if you work with a listing agent, you're going to provide, agree to a certain amount of professional services fee. And that listing agent is going to offer a portion of that fee to a buyer's agent to bring a buyer to buy that home. And if they successfully close the deal and purchase it, the listing agent's brokerage is going to pay the buyer's agent's brokerage an amount of money. That can be whatever they agree to list it at. Many times it's about half. So whatever you agree to list your house with pay that professional services fee, more than likely that listing agent is also going to offer some of that money to a buyer's agent so the buyer is not paying money over and above. They're already struggling with money they're going to need for down payment, money they're going to need for closing costs and prepaids. And if it's a $300,000 house, that could be $20,000. And they might need another eight dollars to $10,000 to pay a real estate agent to work on their behalf to help them find a home. That money is generally built into the sales price. Just so you know, have a conversation with a local real estate agent in your market or with me. We'll talk about what that actually looks like. Now, where did buyers find their homes? 51% found their home on the internet, 29% through a real estate agent, 4% through a yard sign or open house sign, 10% friend, relative, or neighbor, 5% directly from the sellers or that they knew the sellers, and then 1% from a home builder or home builder's agent, and less than 1% from newsprint or advertisement. So what that tells me is that all of those places that buyers found homes, 85% of those are places where a listing agent can help you with that. So 85% of those, without having a listing agent working on your behalf, you already eliminate 30% of those options of where buyers are. You're only getting access to 70% of the buyer's market if you're doing it on your own. You can still do it on your own, 70%. Hey, but a listing agent gets you access to 85%. You know, the other 10% was a friend, relative, or agent, a friend, relative, or neighbor. 10%, that's who you know. 5%, you directly know the buyers. And again, to me, that fits that friend, relative, or neighbor category. So about 15% of the buyers already had some kind of a relationship with the sellers. 85% didn't. Working without a listing agent eliminates 30% of those buyers out there. You just may want to be aware of that. So how about the sellers? What are the National Association of Realtors research? discover about them. 86% of sellers used a real estate agent. Now, not every one of those homes sold, but 10% of the homes that sold were sold for sale by owner. Owners sold that without the help of a listing agent. And here's what those sellers, those FISBOs for sale by owners, here's what they said they found difficult. 6% preparing, fixing up their home for sale. 16% getting the right price. 13% understanding and performing the paperwork. And 10% selling within the planned length of time. So there you go. If you're selling it for 
sale by owner, do you know that you've had the right price? We talked about that in the episode. Understanding all the paperwork, all the forms that go in. And just because you do it for sale by owner doesn't mean that you can eliminate all of the forms that have to be applied because the Real Estate Commission's regulations will determine exactly what has to be done. Like in Mississippi, where I'm primarily an agent, and in Tennessee, there's a property conditions disclosure statement that sellers have to complete if a real estate agent is involved in that process. Even if you do it for sale by owner, if the buyer has an agent working with them, you still have to complete that document. Do you have somebody helping you navigate all that? Anyway, just so you know, understanding with all that. And the typical for sale by owner home sold for $225,000, where the agent assistant home sold for $330,000. So selling with the listing agent, more than likely you're going to walk away with more money, even though you're paying a professional services fee. I get it. I think maybe some of those stats may be skewed because those homes sold for less, meaning that the for sale by owner that has a two hundred dollars or $220,000 home for sale, the amount of money they need to get out of it to pay off the mortgage or to have for their next home, they may not have enough margin built in to pay a buyer's agent and pay a listing agent. But even if you do a for sale by owner, you need to be prepared because if I'm representing a buyer and you're selling your home for sale by owner and my buyer, your home fits them, when I reach out to you, I'm going to ask if you're cooperating with the buyer's agent, meaning are you willing to pay the professional services fee that my buyer owes me, but you'll pay it out of your proceeds so that when you close, you get a check that's taken out however much money that you owe on it, the mortgage you owe, and any repairs that you owe somebody for the home and the professional services fee that you're going to pay that buyer's agent. So you're already looking at some of your proceeds, your net proceeds from your home going to a buyer's agent. You're at least going to have that question. So is it worth a little bit more money on your part to pay for the professional services fee for somebody who is your personal advocate, also operates as your marketing agency, and also gets you legal access quickly? Just some things to know about getting your home sold. And uh, hey, next time on our next podcast, we're going to be talking about accepting an offer. So we've prepared it, priced it, promoted it. You got an agent working on your behalf or not. Now, what happens when a buyer brings you an offer? We'll talk about that on our next podcast. Have a blessed day. Hey, thanks for listening today. Make sure to check out the show notes for any links to websites I may have mentioned and for a transcript to this episode. If you're listening on podcast, but you'd rather watch it, you can discover it on our YouTube channel. Just look for Get Me Ready to Sell. You deserve to be confident in your home selling process. And if you have an agent already working with you, they should be helping you. If not, let's have a conversation to see how I may be able to help you get ready regardless of the market you're in. There are three things that you can do right now to get yourself ready to sell. Number one is visit readytosellscore.com. Choose a few statements and you'll discover how ready you may be or not to sell your home. Number two is to download the tips for preparing your home for sale. There's some items in there. I think we've covered them in a previous podcast, but you will want to see what those items are to make sure you're ready. And number three, schedule a conversation with me to develop a personalized plan to get you ready to sell your home. Have a blessed day.